listening to the Confessions of a Clairvoyant Housewife podcast. From marriage to menopause and margaritas, nothing is off the table. This is Cindy Goldenberg. Hi, everyone. This is Cindy Goldenberg, and I hope you're doing well now that it's October 2022. In fact, what is today? Thursday? Tomorrow is my birthday. And I'm going to be 66 years old. Oh, my God. I can remember years ago thinking, oh, people are dead by then, right? But I still feel very young and alive, except my body doesn't all the time. But that's another story. And I just thought because it's almost Halloween, it's time for a good ghost story or two. Now, I want to share not only the things I've read about, but my own personal experiences. And before you get too on the edge of your seat and think, oh my God, if I listen about ghosts, will they come around? Will they get me? Will they attack me? Will they do all these things? Well, I got news for you. They're around all the time anyway. There's so many parallel realities and dimensions. I don't know how to basically explain all of it, but we do coexist in many realities at the same time. But I'm just going to tell you about the one I'm in and what I have experienced from my point of view. So to start off, I think, you know, Halloween is a time not just with costumes and candy and seems like we always lure children like the witch stories in order to eat them, right? But I feel that death in our culture is celebrated through ceremony and through Halloween, like maybe it wasn't about ghosts and witches a long time ago, but more like honoring those who have died before us and just being able to maybe talk about death through storytelling or what we endure and what we have to go through in life that it has to make sense somehow. Like we have monuments and statues for war heroes, right? I mean, conflict where we kill each other. When you really think of it from a cosmic or more angelic point of view, it's like, what are you earth beings up to? What are you doing? But from our point of view, when we have to fight the dark versus the light, we need to make sense of this human sacrifice. So throughout generations and time and cultures from all over the world, the conflict of struggle and killing one another or honoring those who sacrifice themselves for the greater good of many, we have these celebrations or these acknowledgments around death. So saying that, Halloween is obviously costumes and a time of fun and frivolity, but it's also a time where we are allowed to talk about that which we don't really know about or we can't remember because we're in our life, we're in our body, we're in this reality, and we don't really remember everything we did before or where we were, or was it of this earth plane, or what was the soul lesson. So if these beings, or entities, or 
powerful, spooky things are around us, what the hell do they want? What did I do? I don't want to deal with this, but I sure am curious as hell, right? So my experiences as a clairvoyant medium, as a person who is geared and synced up with a higher vibration of love and with an intention to forgive and and to alleviate pain or sadness in someone and a client. I invite a higher power. I invite God, angels, or synonyms, whatever you are comfortable with, or people, or biblical or not, for the intention of having something like pain or loss or frustration or things in your own life be dissolved and resolved. So when I have closed my eyes, and I don't always do it with the intention like, oh, well, let's see how Uncle Fred died. I start channeling messages And oftentimes it will be a recent passing of someone that is close to this client. And on many times I have seen the same thing, which is I will feel like I am on the doorstep of heaven. And what does that mean? That I am safe, that I am loved, that I'm walking into a 3D movie but I'm feeling the feelings of what it's like to be there, of total immersion of love and safety and comfort and joy and this bliss. At the same time with my eyes closed, I see the silhouette of a head and shoulders maybe lying down in a 45 degree angle. And it's fuzzy. So the light green is electric and it's fuzzy and static as if the energy of the human is trying to reach out. And then I see as if the human shape is starting to sit up and the background is bright red. So the green represents heaven or as perfection exists or our eternal life or love or heart chakra or healing and all those symbolic meanings against the red, which is root chakra, the quote, tangible reality of life. So I see the green silhouette start to lift up. And oftentimes I mimic it in my own body and I feel it. And then I will see and sense a reunion of people or a feeling and then a message for the client that I am reading for. Now, it doesn't happen every time, but it's happened enough to where I've seen the consistent pattern. So then you go, that's not scary. That's not, what, how can we, what is a ghost then? What is the difference between the spirit and this? Well, 
when I see this kind of scenario, I feel like this is what it's like to leave our body. However, years ago, I did a show called Stalk by a Ghost. And in fact, I recently saw something on Facebook where they're showing it in the United Kingdom now. So I'm getting notes and uh, little fan mail from people over the pond, so to speak. But anyway, when I did this show, I was living in Los Angeles and I answered an ad for a ghost whisperer. Not the actress and not the TV show, but to do this reality show where people have been, quote, haunted by a ghost or stalked by a ghost or have some kind of energy or entity around them no matter where they go, and to have someone explain why in a calm, comfortable method. And I said, sure, I can do that because I don't really talk to ghosts. I'm not a paranormal research investigator. I find all that interesting, but pretty limited. And I'm not being conceited, even though it sounds like it. It's just, I get it. And I don't need a whole hour to watch. You know, it's like, it's a one-two punch to me. But I understand the reason and the connection of why someone sticks around. So when I did this show, everything that I felt and saw, I got from a third party, a higher power. Again, I anchor the angelic realm or I envision Archangel Michael or whatever I do. Remember envisioning and pretending Uh, The universe doesn't know the difference between that and what we call reality. When you intend to connect with a higher source, you do. Because why? You're already connected. You're just turning up that amplification. So I would ask this higher power or the person's angels, what happened? What's going on? What's the scenario here? What's the backstory? Who, what, where, why? Tell me what I can do to alleviate pain, frustration, and fear. And I would get a story. And when I did the show, I had to be quiet. So I would have a couple little notes written down because I would have to, quote, let the client or let the person talk. And then the person who created the show had to re- re uh, what do you call it? Like reenact with actors and actresses what the person was going through. And so... By the time you saw it on TV, I'm only talking a few minutes here and there, but the reality is within an instant of opening the front door, bam, 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 I got an entire life story or multi-dimensional stories of multi-dimensional people, not just the ghosts there, but the people who died and why they were frustrated and how they were treated as a child or abused or blah, 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 or why they became an abusive husband and na, 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 and why this woman who was married even loved him but was an enabler, but because of her sensitivity and her empath and her skills and her um, yoga practice, she was so open to the ethereal realm, including him who had a lot of guilt and wanted to get rid of a lot of issues. So how do you manufacture that and put that into a show where it has a beginning, middle, end? You edit 90% of what I said. That's what you do. So when that happened, 
Yes, I felt instantly a hot, tingly, thick, syrupy, and I've done it before. You go into places, you feel uncomfortable. What we call hell is actually a feeling. It's an energy. It's a dimension. It's not a place. It's a, it's the, the feeling is an outcome of what our emotions are. Hell is pain. Pain is grief, frustration, despair, sadness, as well as victim thinking, anger, blaming, racism, this, that, hate, 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 hate. But it has so many dimensions, but the primary one is pain. So when you lose someone or you lose a pet and you're sad or you're a person or you got a divorce or someone humiliated you or whatever it is, we've all recognized pain. So it doesn't mean you're in hell around a bunch of spooky things, but pain is hell, okay? So when in a lifetime you live there and you keep attracting cyclical situations and you become a person who is bitter and angry and mean and carries guns and wants to fight and wants to kill or wants to, you know, have addiction or you're addicted to your anger and you're addicted to being right and you're whatever it is, your issues are, however you got there, no one's judging, but you're not doing anything about removing yourself from that. Okay. And then you die. That kind of energy is perpetuated or expanded by a soul's energy. So a person who leaves, I mean, we are all souls, we're all spirit, that energy links up with other, Jesus Christ, God damn it, God fucking this and that and that and that and that and that, you know, with other people, other souls who are pissed off, mad, angry, blah, 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 blah. And this is how I dealt with it. I beat people up. I killed them. I punched them. I did this. Oh, yeah, I did this and this and this. Oh, yeah, I did this and this and this drug. Oh, yeah, I did this and this and this. So you get the gist. You know how you say you are what you eat? You are what you think. And what you think, you keep thinking even in the afterlife. And so if you're in this mindset of anger and frustration 24-7 and you keep going deeper and deeper, you're in that neighborhood and that neighborhood is hell. And that feeling to a observer or someone who human, we're all spiritual beings, we're all clairvoyant, we're all intuitive, just feels heat or stinging or things around your leg or little blow dryers like attachments. That is to me, how I can say, you got a lot of activity in here. Or when I listen to, for instance, I went to a talk by this beautiful man from Africa. Oh my God, he was so handsome and sculpted and broad-shouldered. And he had on a uh, African hat and, and cape and this, um, like a costume, but it's not a costume. It's like a long robe. And he was a shaman and a minister and a businessman. And he was speaking at this uh, spiritual center in, um, I remember it was in uh, Orange County in California. And he would talk about how he counsels people 
who have been through traumatic um, events or have a lot of anger or just subconscious, just subconscious frustration that's unresolved. And as he would talk before he'd even tell stories, I'd feel like I'm sitting in tar and I would feel the swirling around my legs. And I thought, he works with the opposition. And I thought, that's interesting. And people would go, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean the opposition? I said, he invites it. He works with people and invites their pain or their anger or their hell. And it swirls and it's hot around your legs. I could feel that. Why? Because as he invites it, energy never goes away, but it does transmute. It does change. So he would elevate this pain and darkness and thick, stingy tar into the light. Because we are light. There's always light. So that's how I would feel this kind of thing. So back to this TV show that I did. So every single person, they were all different ages, race, economic status, yada, yada, mothers, some not, older, younger, blah, 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 blah. Everybody had a ghost or a few around them that were frustrated and wanted to be heard and would attach themselves to the person because there was a commonality, there was a common ground. In one instance, and you didn't see this on the TV show, one woman was very much, uh, she had a man around her who was a widower, and she was going to become one. Now, I didn't say that because I don't want to come and say your husband who is sick, although we all die one day, right? We all do. We we live eternally. But this person, she's caring for a sick husband. It's not on the show. And he's not terminal yet, but I feel like he she's going through a lot of pain. So her ghost lost, he lost his wife. And then his children were around her as well. So he um, commiserated with her. He identified with her. And the children were like, yes, you're like our mother. You're very caring. And also he was during the Civil War and he was very noble and he was taking care of his soldiers and she was taking care of her children and her family and her business and her community. And at the same time, the alive client that I'm there taping the show with had a recent um, uh, death in her family. I, I believe it was her father who had died. So he's around and the, quote, ghost who is around her is trying to say, you have loved ones around her. So he would stay and he'd turn on the, what do you call it, like the printer at night and they'd hear things. So it sounded very spooky, obviously. But in all actuality, it was just someone who could identify with losing a spouse. And another person had a very angry ghost and a very, hey, 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 listen to me, I'm pissed. Hey, hey, hey. 
And it made it very difficult to work, not because I was afraid, but because I was annoyed. It's like someone, while you're trying to talk or give a speech or a lecture, is standing right next to you going, hey, 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 nah, 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 hey, look at this, and knocking things over and and punching and slamming things on their fist on the table. Now, it wasn't that loud. I could psychically just feel as if like a little finger would touch me on the chest, but I knew he was punching me, you know, but it didn't, it didn't really, anyway, the point was I was so focused on her and her tenderness and her beauty. And she had multi situations again, not on the TV show. She had a mother with dementia and I don't want to call it because my mother had it. So I'm not saying crazy and, you know, politically incorrect words like this. But someone who has, quote, lost their mind and their rationale and their reasoning. And because she lived nearby, she'd come by and she'd go, you shouldn't be doing a show like this. This is demons and this is this and this is that. And the minute she walked over to the front door and some of the production assistants and and the client would say, mom, you got to go. You got to go home. You got to go down the street to your place. I could feel this neighborhood of kind of like, you know that TV show, American Horror Story, when they go in those psychic wards or something from back in the 50s where people were treated poorly and beaten and they died. and You know, a real, quote, haunted situation. That was around that mother all the time. So we hadn't even started filming yet. And I thought, I can't do this orchestra of earthbound, angry people. There's just too many. She's got to be removed so I can concentrate on this client. And so when I met her right away, I could feel that her husband died of a head injury. And she told me he went through a windshield and they had a car accident and she was pregnant and the daughter lived and she was there in her young teens. But the husband was around to make sure as a loving soul to just be around her and make sure that she's happy and healthy and that the daughter is more through like a loving angelic visitation. And she could feel that. But at the same time, she's got to deal with her mother. But she takes a walk. And she goes to a park, I don't know when, and a gang member who was beaten on the head with a baseball bat and killed, sees her and goes, ah, head injury. You love people with head injury. I got to tell you, I was unfairly killed. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Let me move stuff around in your apartment. Hey, look at me. Look at me. When you come back from work, Everything that you set one way is somewhere else. Hey, look at me, look at me. The daughter plays with Build-A-Bear, little toys and little um, stuffed bears with clothing. Let me put the clothing on the other bear. So these things obviously would freak her out. And I'm just going, this person is so annoying. And the way that they had me film the show is I couldn't disclose, quote, the explanation or the healing or the resolve till the end of the day, which thoroughly exhausted me 
to hold that kind of a high vibration open throughout the day was, oh my God, I couldn't do it. But, you know, it was my first TV show, so I'm doing what they asked me to do. But back to the story. So throughout the end of the day, what you didn't say, see, what you didn't see, and what happened was right before we started filming, I screamed because I didn't really want to scare people. And I wasn't screaming like, ah, I was screaming like, I'm really mad. And I screamed at this entity, at this soul, at this mad, angry guy who got killed with a baseball bat on his head. And I said, I'm working here. I hear you. I, you will get your turn. I understand your pain. It's all going to be fine. Sit down and relax. I can't go any fat. And I talked to him like I would a brat. And that is how I have always felt. Side story, even prior to doing this show, what, 10 years ago, eight years ago? I can't remember. Every time I would get a story from an angelic higher power or from a loved one of someone's suicide or someone's um, OD or something that was reckless, I'd always hear punks like, ah, have another drink, have another snort, do this. Who, who the fuck cares? Hey, hey, hate this, hate this. I would hear that snarky banter. And I thought, oh my God, those are the voices. Those are the beings that was around this person before they took their life or before they drove off a cliff or before this or before that. So I never felt scared. I just felt, I get it. I get this repetitive behavior. So back to the ghost show, by the time I got to the end, I told her all about her mother and how to have boundaries. I told her all about this person. And then I asked for resolve from, I don't even know what I said. And again, 90% was edited, but we were all feeling better and lighter. And the person who was frustrated who was killed, he got, quote, his day in court. He got heard. And when you are heard, when you are valued, whether you are dead or alive, you're still a spirit. You are resolved and that pain disseminates. It dissolves. It goes away. You are relieved of the burden of not being listened to. And that is an elevating light energy. So now you're probably thinking, so if I have a ghost around me, I got to listen to them and, and hear their pain in order for them to stop bitching and go away. No, you do not. I am just telling you the process in which you cannot be in two dimensions at once. You cannot be in, quote, hell and angry and pissed off and mad. And at the same time, be happy and elevated and angelic and forgiving and you know it just doesn't work that way you're always connected to that but your consciousness and free will in this earth plane it's in control so you're you are behind the driving seat but going back to what I can tell you of feeling entities or attachments or, you know, all kinds of things 
I've read some articles about different kinds of what they call different kinds of ghosts or different kinds of, uh, you know, demon versus poltergeist. And so I'll share with you what, you know, they said, but there's so many things written and, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But on the whole, my experience is um, children have uh, not just nightmares, but frightening experiences because their experiences are psychic. And without going into a lot of detail, you know, when we are, um, when we're pregnant, the soul uh, of the baby is always around us. The soul, the little baby soul comes into the baby and goes, it's kind of a tight squeeze and comes and goes. And so sometimes we feel um, stories that aren't ours because that little baby is also a person reincarnating, coming back with life lessons. So we may be having thoughts of other times and other places. So we kind of commingle our experiences when the baby is born and the soul of the baby wants to take a nap, but then they go, I'm done. I can't, I can't squish myself down into this little baby. I kind of walk around. So we may feel this angelic presence, but really it, it's our baby around us, you know, so a lot of times when you feel or you look at people or take pictures and or you see little pops of light around a pregnant person or a new mom, that is the soul and also a lot of your loved ones that are around you. And back to children having horrific experiences, I did. I think all kids do. I remember having um, an experience with a, like, he wasn't a leprechaun, but he was a little person. And on the whole, a lot of times I would dream awake and I would wake up my mom. I remember sleeping over my grandmother's in two twin beds. And I woke up my mom and I say, you see these puppets? They're walking on the floor and they're walking into the wall. And she goes, no, but I believe you. But about that size, I don't know, two feet. I had this, I don't know if he was like a little uniform or a milkman or something, but he was sinister and not evil, but when you're a kid, it feels like it, but he, uh, some people say uh, tricksters or a little mini ghost, or I don't know what it was. When I was, I'd say it started around three or four, I saw him standing in my room and I slept with my dog and I remember my dog stayed in bed and I got out of bed and I went over and he was standing there grinning at me like you know not nice like teasing or spooky and it wasn't like a spooky tv show it was just a little person and I put my hand through him and there was a squeaky sound like you know (laughs) I remember thinking that's not a toy And I got scared and I don't really remember the rest. That part of seeing him and putting my hand through him, I do. Then my mother said I came in and I ran into the room and I was crying and screaming and she just thought, you know, it was a nightmare. And as I got older, it happened a few times and she reminded me on that day, uh, she and my older sister, my mom was a... um, My mother was a chaperone with the Girl Scouts and my sister was about seven, eight years older than me. So she went with the Girl Scouts and a few other moms on a ferry ride to Catalina, which is a 
about 20 miles off the coast of California. And the captain of the ferry, I don't know, he wasn't paying attention or something. And there was a big ship as they came into Long Beach. And my mother started screaming that they're going to collide. And the fear that she had that day and everybody had that day was intense and obviously they survived or he swerved the ferry and they missed it and everything but my mom said that's funny the first time you had this incident of having a very scary frightening ghost visitation ghost experience was on that day so I remembered that because what I'm going to tell you about fear and other kind of earthbound emotions. So maybe that was a invitation that fear, who knows? I don't know, but it happened again, multiple times, multiple times. And one time in another house and I was older and I would say anywhere from five, six, seven, in those age ranges, I was walking down the hall, like a lot of times kids do with my pillow and I wanted to go sleep with mommy and daddy. And I remember they had a big bed and I liked it. My dad would cuddle me. So, you know, a lot of kids do this or they do it in the morning when they wake up early. But this was middle of the night. And as I was walking with my pillow, I felt I was shoved really hard. And the pillow went up against my leg and I almost fell over. And I knew it was that little thing. I knew it was that little guy. And I ran around the corner from the hall and the dog was laying on a rug at the foot of the bed and I remember my parents had a headboard and footboard made out of wood but I jumped I scaled that thing and I was so afraid I jumped over the dog over the footboard and jumped on their bed and I screamed there he is there he is and I turned around and he had one hand on his hip one hand up in the threshold of the doorway and his head tilted, smiling at me, laughing. I hate being teased. I swear to God. And it was so frightening. And then my parents believed me and it happened multiple times and another time. Uh, I can't remember, but you get the gist. So as I grew older, it dissipated. Plus, there was a lot of other issues in our home, you know, um, domestic violence and things like that. So who knows what the vortex or invitation was. But my point was, now that I'm older and I have been a clairvoyant and a life uh, coach, counselor of metaphysics and choices and seeing people's auras or feeling their energy change by an invitation of thought and intention, I realized and I hear a lot of stories of different people when they were young having experiences, including my own children. And they weren't as frightening, but they would see people walk down the hall and kind of look at them like, what are you doing here? And my daughter would say, what are you doing here? So I think at night when we're in that twilight sleep we're kind of floating between different dimensions anyway. And people, whether or not they're part of the house, we're just crossing paths. So it's not necessarily attached to the house. It's just something that our brain waves when we're in that light sleep, we kind of go different places. But anyway, you get the gist. So with me, I have always seen visions of people and 
a few times I've actually seen like ectoplasm and I looked it up and it says like sometimes, you know, um, the afterlife, and I'm talking, I'm not going to talk about angels and deceased loved ones and, and higher beings and things like that because I can do that all day, but this is about ghosts. So we think of ghosts like ghost stories, like when we see a white light or something or we see ectoplasm. And I never have seen it like other people have where they see someone walk across the lawn. However, after my father died, I brought some pictures over to my girlfriend's house and I talked about the uh, ceremony that I had done, his burial. And as I walked across her living room, I turned and I saw this huge eight-foot wave of white blue light kind of swirl on the living room floor and it was exciting and I went oh my god did you see that and I went oh and I felt cold and tingly and I knew it was my dad so you know my experience with ectoplasm is a very positive one but I did read about certain kind of definitions so Spirits can make themselves known through a thick white light. And I read something like, oh, it can come from a spirit medium. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I don't need a seance. I don't need you to even be in the room. I don't even need to talk. I can feel things. I have never had ectoplasm come out of me. Another kind of ghost is a funnel ghost. I read funnel shape in the photos, like little swirls, little tornadoes. I get those all the time. However, I don't think of it as a ghost. To me, that is energy. Now, the first time I saw a picture of that was a classic picture way back in the, I guess, 30s or 40s of Yogananda showing people how to meditate and connect with their feet through the earth and their head through the heavens. And you could see these tornadoes like down by their feet, you know, this they, each one was in a cone of light. And I have done meditations before where I start twirling clockwise or counterclockwise. So I believe that when we meditate and we in, intend to create, to connect with the energy of the earth, of our tangible reality, and then we connect in, quote, heaven at the same time we start to rock our body or swirl and that those swirls of heaven on earth show up in photographs the other kind of ghost or symbol are orbs oh my god i i have so many pictures of orbs of my own and people that have sent them to me from orbs around outdoor beautiful plants and then you see a fairy and I caught a fairy you know Yogananda had a temple up in Pacific Palisades which is near Malibu in California and I'd go up and just take pictures of the gardens and the trees and then I'd zoom in on them and I thought oh my gosh these little uh, pine tree um you know, the parts of the pine that look silvery and hang, I would see what looked like a little tiny Barbie doll with wings and there's fairies. So things like that show up in orbs and circles, um, mandalay, um, geometric, sac sacred geometry, designs. 
I have one orb after my father died of Santa Claus. He painted a Santa Claus at his art class and uh, it was Christmas time and I could see that picture of that Santa that he had painted in that orb. So those things are not necessarily ghosty, but it is spirit from the other side. The other thing I want to clarify is visitations through dreams of loved ones and pets. That is visitation, and that is people that come here to make sure we're okay. So a lot of what we think are ghosts are really spirit visitations. Now, there are spirits that come to visit their house, or they come to visit their car, or they come to visit things and places that they enjoyed. And you may see them, you may see them in your house, you may feel them. And again, those are kind of like cross realities. But then I looked up what are the other kind, and they talked about poltergeist or more noisy, powerful. When I say powerful, it means more dense, that dark, thick, hot energy. It, you can feel it. And the poltergeist has bad intentions. And they don't leave on their own. And they thrive on intense emotions, distress, fear, and anger. Well, the guy I just told you about who wouldn't leave or he's mad or doing sock by a ghost. I get it. I get it. So if you want to call him a poltergeist, fine. But to me, he was just a pissed off, frustrated guy who was murdered. And the rest of the people on the show that I did, everybody else had someone who left unnecessarily or died in an accident quickly and didn't have their issues resolved and just wanted to be hurt. So if you want to call it a poltergeist, fine. But to me, it was a frustrated, unresolved person that had issues and wanted to be heard. But I do want to stress that when you, as a person, get angry and lose your temper, I do. But when you do, these souls come around and they suction up, they drain us. And it isn't like we're bad, so they come around. We are human. We are on an earth plane that is, quote, heaven and hell. Heaven on earth and hell on earth. We are here. So it is easy to feel these things. But when you decide to go, I forgive myself, or I have boundaries, or I'm not available to people who drain me, use me, I'm not, I'm being authentic and honest with myself, and I'm not going to have the need to be right, I'm not going to keep angry, I'm not going to watch the news and go, yeah, fuck those people, I'm not going to do this and this and this, you can cut the cord to that low earthbound energy. So you not only attract people alive in this dimension, you attract those who aren't alive and are still in this dimension because they don't want to go and they're mad. So think twice about your behavior and your choices. And then lastly, I looked up and I've read books on demons and things. I remember in the bookstore reading one and I stood there for an hour and read the whole thing. And it was really interesting because it was more about culture throughout the ages and what it represents. And I will say this briefly but succinctly is God did not make 
a monster to suck your brains out and to burn in hell. I've read so many things. You go step out of our body and then you're judged. No, you're not. You judge yourself because you're in a light. And what you do is you not judge, but you realize it was unnecessary to carry the burden of shame. It was unnecessary to feel guilty or you self-correct. That is the Christ consciousness, the Christos, meaning the Greek word for intelligent, eternal light. But I have felt before when I have prayed purposely for a person to be engulfed by God and angels and it's someone very close to me or someone I love through my family and I take every ounce of all my experience and I close my eyes and I pour it into a small cup of light and I feel the presence of higher beings. And then within a day or two, everything goes wrong and I am drained. I have learned that there are some dark energy around people or addicts or people addicted to their emotions that are toxic not just substance or alcohol. When you get around people, and I always thought I can elevate you. I don't want to say I failed because I didn't. I realized this isn't my job. And it would be so draining and so tiring and so taxing and so disappointing. At first I felt defeated. And then I realized this isn't my job. And I would surrender this person and their issues and their problems and their rationale to a higher power and walk away, which is the hardest thing I've ever done. Saying that, did I come up against a demon or demons or dark energy? Possibly, if that's what you want to call it. But The person, it's their journey, not mine. And when you see a lot of things with people where they call it tough love or they surrender it to a higher power and whether that person lives or dies, it's very hard. But that's how I came across the darkest energy I've ever felt. And it was only because I was trying to push my love and light and my conviction and my faith and my knowing onto that person. So no, I did not fail. I just walked away and things resolve for the highest good. So just remember that a dark soul, when they leave, whether it's through trauma or pain, Or it could be even sentimentality. I don't want to go. I'm waiting for my husband to come back from the war. So I'm going to sit in this window. There are people all around us all the time. But you also, remember this, cannot be, quote, possessed. Sorry, you just can't. You think you can. You think you can. You think you can. You think you can experience. And you kind of can. You, But you got to know that in order for this to be perceived as if you are, you got to give up. And the number one thing I told you is pain. Pain is hell. So when you are in pain, you discard it. And in your deep inadequacy, your worthlessness, your helplessness, your insignificance, your need to give up, 
even souls that do and leave our earth plane through suicide. They are made out of light and they are healed. The universe balances. The more dark, the more light comes in. In fact, there's more light than dark. But while you're experiencing these feelings, you have to remember, even if you don't master it, that you're connected and that you cannot fail, that you are love and that you are being loved 24-7 and that you are worth being helped, being transcended, being heard. And in those moments, you cannot hold two things at the same time. So enjoy your Halloween. Eat candy. Rot your teeth. This is the time you do it. And laugh and have frivolity and enjoy the spirit world. And then when you wake up, know that you are made out of light, that you're more powerful than anything that you think is dark (laughs) that can do anything. And know your worth. Respect your boundaries while you're wearing the most outrageous costume. Happy Halloween. You have been listening to the Confessions of a Clairvoyant Housewife podcast with intuitive expert, Cindy Goldenberg. To learn more or stay connected, be sure to visit www.cindygoldenberg.com.